The Boston Bruins are in Colorado to begin a three-game Western Conference road trip, and they'll have a veteran forward back in the lineup for tonight's game, which is a late start, 9 p.m., so get your coffee brewing. And uh, welcome to another episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, December 7th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. The podcast is available on your favorite podcast app, on YouTube, so please do smash that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feeds for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also pop a star rating and a review up on Apple Podcasts, that would be very much appreciated. The Bruins in Colorado to take on the Avalanche tonight. It's a 9 p.m. start. The Bruins in the Rockies, so I thought it was only appropriate to rock the meth bear hat tonight because it's going to be a long day. And uh, our boy always appears to be on the edge. Um, quick reminder that if you want to follow along on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. All right, let's get into it. Uh, some big news with respect to to the Colorado Avalanche that we'll talk about later. But when it comes to the Boston Bruins, they're getting. Uh, a veteran forward back in the lineup as head coach Jim Montgomery confirmed Tuesday that Craig Smith will be back in the lineup after missing some time with an upper body injury that he suffered in the Black Friday game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, It's likely that Smith will take A.J. Greer's spot in the lineup. That's where he skated on... uh, Tuesday during practice. Montgomery, before the team headed out on this road trip, said the Bruins haven't scored as much on the road as they have at home. Usually pretty normal. They've had a couple of back-to-backs on the road that they've played well in games. Uh, Columbus, Buffalo. Their game doesn't change on the road. That's what he likes about their identity. It's the same Regardless of where they're playing, they check hard and try to make plays. So with Craig Smith coming back into the lineup, he'll be on the fourth line with Nick Foligno and Thomas Nosek. No changes to the top nine or on defense. Top line of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, Jake DeBrusque. Second line of Pavel Zaka, David Krejci, David Pasternak. Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, Trent Frederick on the third line, and then on defense, Hampus Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, 
Brandon Carlo, Derek Forbort, Connor Clifton, Jakobs Borrell as the odd man out, which is kind of unfortunate. You know, he's a younger guy, needs to be playing in order to find his game, to hone his game. So it's not ideal for him to be sitting on the sidelines, but that's the optimal top six that Jim Montgomery has at his disposal at the moment. It'll likely be Linus Ulmark getting the start in net for the Boston Bruins, and he has been uh, spectacular so far this season. In fact, he continues to lead the NHL in all kind of surface goaltender categories. He has um, the most wins, the best save percentage, and the lowest goals against average among all goaltenders with a minimum of 10 starts. 936 save percentage, a goals against average of 1.93, and his 13 wins one more than both Logan Thompson and Connor Hellebuck. Um, and uh, yeah, Linus Elmark certainly in the running for the Vesna Trophy at this point in the season. If you want to put some uh, futures down on Linus Elmark or David Pasternak for NHL award voting, our sponsor today is the best place to go. This show is sponsored by Bet Online. It's your number one source for all sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from the World Cup of Soccer to this week's football schedule, NHL, NBA, esports. They've got it all at Bet Online. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to their website today on your laptop. Use your phone, your tablet to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. From a Colorado Avalanche perspective, they have some serious injury issues. Already without... Valerie Shushkin, Gabriel Landeskog, Evan Rodriguez, uh, defenseman Josh Manson, and Bowen Byram. Nathan McKinnon is going to miss four weeks with an upper body injury that he suffered on Monday in a game against the Philadelphia Flyers. He appeared to be in pain after taking a shot that was blocked by Flyers forward Scott Lawton left the ice, and needless to say, that is a massive loss for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Avalanche coach Jared Bednar, you know, said he's a guy that plays 20-plus minutes a night in every situation, and right now they're just trying to do the best they can. You've got to keep grinding, find guys that contribute. Guys are going to have to step up. It's obviously a challenge. Um, And it seems to be getting worse for the Avalanche as they're losing players nightly. Um, Arturi Lekkanen sustained an upper body injury last week against the Boston Bruins uh, on a collision with uh, 
Um, Charlie McAvoy, uh, one avalanche reporter saying Colorado needs to, uh, you know, step up and take care of McAvoy in this game. Somewhat unprofessional, but uh, that's still how some people think. What do the avalanche lines look like in the absence of all of these players? Well, I was reminded on Twitter in the YouTube comments by some Avs fans that when the Bruins beat Colorado last week, they were playing more of an AHL squad than the defending Stanley Cup champions. It's a real hodgepodge right now. Andrew Cogliano, Logan O'Connor listed on the top line with Miko Rantanen, who, from what I recall, is not a natural center. Uh, you have Alex Newhook, JT Comfer, Charles Houdon on the second line, Alex Galchenyuk, Martin Kaut, Dryden Hunt on the third line. Anton Bleed right now is the only player listed on the fourth line, according to Daily Faceoff. You still have talent on the back end, Samuel Gerrard, Kale McCarr, Devin Taves, Eric Johnson, and Alexander uh, Georgiev in net. But it will be a very depleted Colorado Avalanche lineup that the Bruins will take on tonight. I'm hopeful that Bowen Byram might be able to return to the lineup, not from a Bruins perspective, but uh, for myself, I have him in a salary cap keeper league, and I'd love to have him back in the lineup. Uh, He's been oft injured. Last season it was concussions. This year it's a uh, lower body injury, Uh, but there's a chance he might be back in the lineup for tonight. So that's kind of the lay of the land for tonight's game between the Boston Bruins and the Colorado Avalanche. It's going to be a very depleted lineup, not really a true kind of measuring stick game for the Bruins, but also one that they can't really um, not take seriously. You know, on any given night, uh, anybody can step up, win a game in the NHL, and the Bruins coming from Boston, adjusting to the mile-high climate or whatever atmosphere in Colorado, uh, definitely can't take this one lightly. And their goaltending is exceptional in Colorado. Yorgiev, 9.20 save percentage, 11-4-1 record. So he could easily steal a game. Uh, but their best player over the last five games was Nathan McKinnon. He had seven points, three goals, four assists. Um, so that's obviously a huge loss for, uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, just seeing here on the Twitter machine that Team Sweden has announced their uh, roster for the 2023 World Junior Championship, and our boy Fabian Lysel is included on that roster. So it appears as though the Bruins will allow Lysel to participate at the uh, World Junior Championship this year. Where is this tournament going to be played? Uh, it will be a great opportunity 
for Lysel to assert himself as a star player on the world stage. This year's tournament will be played in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So, yeah, some of you Boston people might want to uh, might, might, might want to make the trip up. Uh, Lysel last year, of course, played at the World Junior. Uh, he was limited. Uh, actually, he played in seven games, two goals, four assists. Uh, and uh, so far this season with Providence, five goals, nine assists. But he's missed a bunch of recent games due to a non-COVID illness. So hopefully he's recuperated from that and is uh, able to be a meaningful contributor for the uh, Swedish team at the uh, World Juniors. He was... What I meant to say earlier is he was limited in the tournament that took place back in January, December last year. That tournament was, of course, called off. And then he played in the uh, August version of the tournament and uh, had six points in seven games. So I'm very excited to see how he performs at the World Juniors. Coming up after the break, I have one mailbag question to answer this week. And uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. Thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. The podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Please do uh, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast next. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I had one mailbag question come in this week, and it was from uh, Tim at Tim Possible, sorry, Impossible Pie One. And uh, Tim asks, what would your stats, standards, and or requirements be to get into the Hall of Fame? Great question. And first of all, if you look at the current Bruins roster, I'd say Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, surefire Hall of Famers. David Pasternak could get in there as well at some point. David Krejci, maybe a borderline kind of guy now Stanley Cup not necessarily a requirement to get in as we saw this year with uh, the Sedins Roberto Luongo Daniel Alfredson all getting into the hall they all are without Stanley Cup championships on their resumes so that's not a requirement or even the standard. Um, when it comes to Daniel Alfredson, he won the Calder Trophy. I don't believe he won a major award after that. Uh, went to the Stanley Cup Final once. His impact was basically being the face of the Ottawa Senators for several years and really establishing that franchise in the NHL after 
joining the league in uh, the early 90s. Same with the Sedins. They were iconic Vancouver Canucks players who put together uh, unreal seasons. They, of course, won some uh, major NHL awards along the way. Uh, I don't think there's like a set standard for you have to reach this many points, this many goals, win this many awards. It's obviously up to a vote, so that in and of itself is subjective. Uh, But you have to be an elite player for several years on end, make an impact in the game and on your respective franchise, and have kind of changed the game in some way. Um, Again, it, it goes to a vote, so it's very subjective. Um, and there's arguments to be made for players who made, uh, a huge impact in a short amount of time. If your, um, career was cut short by injury, as in the case of an Eric Lindros, he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, even though, uh, he didn't reach a thousand NHL games, but his impact was so great and he really kind of changed the game in terms of physicality and offense. 865 points in 760 games. Uh, There's an argument to be made for a guy like Paul Henderson who had a pretty average career, but his um, contributions at the Canada Cup series against Russia are are pretty legendary and should be acknowledged. Uh, there should be more women players in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, and basically, my standards would be elite play over a long course of time, uh, wards, Stanley Cups help, international success comes into play there as well. A guy like Brad Marchand, he hasn't won any individual awards, but he's won championships at all levels, and he has gotten better over time. Arguably the best player at his position, or a top two player anyways, uh, for a long period of time. Bergeron, of course, he's a lock. Tuka Rask, there's an argument to be made for him as well. In his case... If the Bruins had won in 2019, I'd say he was a lock. But because they lost, and he doesn't have that cup as a starter, makes things a bit murkier. But, you know, he would have won the Conn Smythe that year. His play in 2013 and 2019 for the Bruins was unreal. Uh, He won a Vesna. So I think he belongs in there as well, to be honest. So again, it's it's pretty subjective. There's no hard and fast rule, um, and uh, it should all be taken on a case by case basis. But you know, it's pretty obvious who jumps out. There's some players who aren't yet in who should be. Uh, there's some players you could argue are in that maybe shouldn't be. But um, at the end of the day, it is kind of political because of the selection committee. But um, those are my basic, 
baselines for getting in. All right, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, my friends. Thank you so much for taking some time to check out today's show. Please do hit that subscribe button if you have not already. Follow at ENC McLaren, at Locked NHL Bruins, and uh, keep yourselves caffeinated in advance of tonight's game against the Colorado Avalanche, a 9 p.m. Eastern start. And uh, we'll talk to you again here tomorrow to recap the game and do our weekly cup check a look at the NHL's top five teams and where the Bruins stack up among them. Take care, friends. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins.